Well, I want to start a new series with us this morning, and the title of my series is simply this. It's called Get Up, Amen. We have to get up to get on with it. John chapter 5, verse 1. Or tell your neighbor on your left hand side, say, Get up. And tell your neighbor on the other side, say, Get on with it. John chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, Later on, there was a Jewish feast, a festival, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, which is in Hebrew called Bethesda, having five porticos or alcoves. In these porticos, there lay a great number of people who were sick, blind, lame, withered, and waiting for the stirring of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down into the pool at appointed seasons and stirred up the water. The first one to go in after the water was stirred was healed of his disease. There was a certain man there who had been ill for 38 years, and when Jesus noticed him lying there helpless, knowing that he'd been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? And the invalid answered, he said, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm coming to get into myself, someone else steps down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet and walk. And immediately the man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. Bump your neighbor on your left-hand side one more time and tell him to get up. Bump your neighbor on the other side say, It's not time to sit down. I want to tell you this morning that you are not invalid. We know we pronounce it invalid in English, but that word actually means invalid. I want to tell you this morning that you are not invalid. I want to tell you this morning that your life matters, your life counts for something. So one of the greatest lies the enemy deceives God's children with is that when you get knocked down, he wants to get you to stay down. He wants to get you to lie down. And it's in these times in one's life of sitting down or lying down that he tries to convince you that you are unable to recover, that you are disabled or that you are invalid. Why? Why does he want to keep you there? Because you can remain in that situation of frustration, limitation, and procrastination. We don't want to hop on, the, on what we've been through. We know that by now so well, what we've been through as a, as a humanity over the last 28 or 30 months already it is. But sometimes we're at a place where we think we're moving forward, but actual fact, we actually sometimes we're in neutral or we're standing still. And I really want to encourage some of you. Some of you might have lost your confidence or your Godfidence. Some of you might have lost some of, some of your way in lockdown. Whatever it is in your life, your personal life, your relationships, your business, your spiritual life, your walk with God. And I really believe as we're going to go through this series over the next few weeks, I want to encourage your faith and tell you that it's time to get up and get on with it. You've been sitting down in that place for too long. The enemy's been telling you you can't. He wants to keep you in that place of frustration, procrastination, because if he gets you to stay neutral, you're not going to move forward with everything God has called you to be. So this man who Jesus found at the pool of Bethesda he th- that uh, was sitting down, he thought that sitting down was his lot in life, because for 38 years he only knew what it was like to lie down. Sometimes we become so accustomed to sitting down, we think that is God's will for our life. We think that, uh, or the, 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 the mistakes we might have made in the past, we think that is God's will for our life. And it's often the same for many people. They get knocked down by some challenge, and eventually they become so accustomed to sitting down or lying down that they end up living right below their potential or their purpose in life. But Jesus comes and says that I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. I've come to tell you to get up in order to get on with your life. Bump your neighbor one more time on your left-hand side and tell him to get up. Bump them on the other side. Say, get up. So I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I want to tell you that it's time to get up. I believe if I'm speaking to somebody online this morning or somebody here in Cape Town, 
I don't know who it is that I'm talking to today, but I want to tell you, if you've been lying down or sitting down, whatever the reason is, whatever's keeping you there, fear, doubt, unbelief, whatever it might be, you might be hard on yourself. Maybe it's a mistake you've made, whatever it is. Maybe it's not a mistake you've made, but life has thrown you a few curveballs in the last while. I want to say to you, it's not a time to sit there any longer. It's a time for you to make up your mind and to get up. Amen. Because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. Come on, if you believe that this morning, give Jesus a shout of praise right there where you sit this morning. Amen. I want to tell you that you are not invalid. Amen. Did you know the dictionary describes the word invalid as a person made weak or disabled by illness or injury? Sometimes you might be injured. Sometimes you might be disabled physically, mentally, emotionally. Sometimes you're just, you're just numb in your mind to certain things. You've been beaten down so much by whatever it is that's trying to beat you down that eventually you're accepting that as your destiny. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not God's will for your life. You see that word invalid also means when something or someone is not recognized. Listen to that again. Invalid means when something or someone is not recognized. Ever been to one of these parking garages where you get your ticket and you get to the exit and you put your ticket into the little uh, machine and it says ticket invalid? I mean, nothing more frustrating than that. You look behind you and there's 14 frustrated people that think that was your fault, that now the ticket is invalid. But isn't it amazing? Sometimes we, we get to that place and the thing, the ticket says invalid, but immediately we don't accept that as the destiny of our, our, our trip to the mall. We make a plan. We decide to push the button. We call the person on the other side and the person answers and whatever. We sort the problem out. But many people, you've made a mistake, whatever it might be. Something's thrown you a curveball. Maybe it's been locked down that's cost you uh, income or your business has suffered as a result of that. And now that, but that's the ticket. That's not you. That's just the ticket that's in your hand. That's the circumstance. That's the situation. And sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll accept the fact that, I mean, none of us get to that parking uh, garage or whatever, the exit, and when the, when the ticket says it's invalid, we decide, well, that's it. This is my destiny. I'm just going to sit here for the rest of the year because this ticket says I can't get out. This ticket says there's no way out. This ticket says I'm stuck for the rest of my life. I'm just going to accept this right now. They can hoot at me from the back. I'm going to phone my family nine days later. Where are you, Dad? No, the ticket says I'm invalid, so therefore I've just been sitting here in front of this boom for the last nine days. But Dad, just push the button over there. Just call out to the person on the other side. And when that voice calls out, it says, what? It says, yeah, sorry, sir, what's the problem? I said, no, this thing says my ticket's invalid. Well, it says, sir, hang on for me. And you wait for a moment and it says, is the boom lifting up? And bam, the boom lifts up and I move through and I move on with my life. Why don't you call out to God a little bit in the time where you are right now and ask the Lord to give you wisdom, to give you strength. We're not going to sit behind the boom game of life just because the ticket is invalid and the enemy will tell you through your mistake, through whatever it is, he'll tell you, hey, you're invalid. You may not move forward. You are disqualified. You are disabled. I want to tell you this morning, that boom gate is going to lift in your life and you are going to get on with your life and you're going to move on with your life. You are not invalid this morning. Amen. Come on, jump on your feet all over this place and give yourself a bit of faith in your heart this morning. Come on. I want to stir your faith this morning. Amen. You are not invalid through your mistakes. Your mistake, amen, will not limit you. Amen. Amen. John 5 verse 5, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and he knew he'd been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? That's what Jesus is asking us every day. Would you like to move on with your life? Would you like to advance with the, the plans that I have for you? 
I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Notice when we accept the lies of the enemy over our lives, we start to have an I can't mindset. Notice what this man says. The Bible says Jesus has come to heal him. He understands he's been in this plight for so long, whatever it might be. He understands he's been in the situation. But the minute he asks him to exercise his faith and to get up and to move, the first reaction he has is, I can't. Notice what he says, I can't, sir, because no one is recognizing me. That's what invalid means, remember? It means when something or someone is not recognized. That's why social media is such a, a, a good thing and a bad thing in so many ways. So many young people feel invalid. They feel they're not validated in life. They're not, they're not accepted in life through whatever it might be. Maybe it's a rejected father, a rejected mother. Perhaps it's a mistake in a marriage or perhaps your partner has walked out on you. Whatever it might be, perhaps it's sin in your life that keeps gripping you and entangling you and ensnaring you and you can't get over those strongholds in your life and now you, are, you think that you are invalid. And I want to tell you this morning, amen, that when we start to go to social media to be validated, when we say to people, look at me, recognize me, I want to be validated, I want to give you some of my flesh on social media so you can like my flesh. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, you are valid in God's eyes. You do not need the world's acceptance, amen. You do not need to go to the world. You are valid in God's eyes this morning, amen. But he goes on to say, he says, I don't have. I can't. I don't have. It's like many people. I often tell people whenever I'm with people that are serving me in some shape, form, or size, at the petrol station, at a hotel, wherever it might be, and the person is, I uh, ask them, how long have you been working here? No, so 18 years or 20 years. And I said, well, it's time for you to, when you're, what's your, what's your, what do you believe your future is going to hold? And they sort of, um, I don't really know. I haven't thought about that. I've just got a job. And I'm not saying you, sh you should not have a job. But I always stretch them to think a little bit further than where they are right now at the petrol station when the guys are filling up your tank and uh, you talk to him while, he, while, he, while he's busy serving you. You say to him, how long have you been working here? He says, no, so long. I said, when are you going to own a petrol station one day? And the first thing he says to me, everyone without fail says, I don't have the money. I didn't ask you if you had, didn't have the money. I asked you if you had the vision. Because sometimes when the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. Amen. And I want to encourage us this morning. Sometimes when you start to see something that stirs in your spirit, you want to advance some area of your life, the first thing the enemy comes and tells you is you can't. The second thing he tells you is you don't have. And so you start to believe that. Well, I don't have. And this man says the same thing to Jesus. He says, I can't. He says, I don't have. And the third thing he says to Jesus is someone else always gets there ahead of me. We start to have that mindset where someone else is always better off than I am. Someone else is always getting the promotion. Someone else is always getting the recognition. Someone else is always getting something that I don't get. But I want that, but I'm not getting that. It's because sometimes the way you see yourself is the way others see you. Can you say amen this morning? Like when they went to the promised land, 12 spies, 10 came back and said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in theirs. God said, I want to send you to this place of promise. And yet when they doubted themselves and they thought they were invalid, they invalidated themselves. Christ doesn't invalidate us. We can sometimes invalidate ourselves, when we, the way we think about ourselves. Can you say amen this morning? So here's the amazing thing. I mean, this man didn't cause his problem, so we can almost sympathize with him for the way that he reasons. I mean, you might uh, have a physical uh, challenge in some area of your life that you might not have even caused. But I want to tell you this morning, because sometimes we can think, but maybe God's made a mistake with me. 
Maybe my life is different. Maybe I'm, I'm different from everybody else. And you might be different in some shape, form, or size. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God never makes a mistake. Amen. God has predestined you before the foundation of the world. Amen. And Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. He's not going to accept the fact that even though this man hasn't caused this problem himself, he said, I'm not going to leave you in the place where you find yourself. I'm going to help you to get up. I'm going to help you to get on with your life. Amen. So I want to say to you this morning, God never makes a mistake. But He will use your situation. He'll use your life. When you make a decision to partner with God, when you make a decision to decide, I'm going to get up with God, the strength that God gives me, I'm going to get up. And when you get up, God is going to take your life, amen, and He's going to use it as an inspiration and motivation for someone else. Someone's going to look at your life and say, I know what that person's been through, but yet they are still so positive. They are still so full of faith. I'm motivated by you being full of faith despite your challenges, amen. And I want to encourage you this morning. God never makes a mistake. Don't look to God and say, why, am I, why do I look like this? Or why am I like this? Or why, why is my life like this? We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. And that's what God will do. He will turn your condition into your life's mission. Every time He did something in Scripture, He always sent people out to go and testify of the goodness in their lives. Because people know where you're at at the moment. And when your circumstances turn around, they're going to say, what is the difference? And we're going to give God the glory. We're going to tell the world that Jesus has changed my life. Jesus has impacted my life. And that is why I'm able to give Him all the glory this morning. Come on, if that's you this morning, put your hands together and give me one more shout of praise all over this place. Come, Christen. Come, Christen. Listen to what the Bible says. John chapter 9, verse 1. The Bible says, As Jesus was walking along, He saw a man who had been blind from birth. Notice, wasn't this man, He didn't cause this problem. Rabbi's disciples asked Him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Isn't that one of the greatest deceptions in Christians' lives? Is we think that the minute we sin and anything goes wrong, it must be God who's punishing us. It's one of the greatest misunderstandings, one of the greatest doctrinal errors, one of the most misunderstood areas of Christian faith. It's this, but pastor, you know, hyper grace, I understand all these things, but until you don't understand that he took all sin upon himself, that it pleased the father to smite the son, that Jesus became a curse for you and I, that no longer can we be cursed. We can make decisions that can cause us some consequences in our lives. But that's not God, amen, who's now withholding things from you. Oh, God who's punishing you. Notice the Bible. The disciples asked him, was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Sometimes we go through some battles and we say, yes, but my mother and my father. We look back there. Your parents are simply just the vehicle to get you onto this planet. Don't look and hold on to all the hurts in the past of your parents. I understand sometimes you've, you've been through a lot more difficult times than the average person. And I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, you know, sometimes have to walk away from, from certain relationships. But we can't live in the past. We can't say, well, it's my parents. They were like this. Or you're in a place where your dad struggled in, uh, in his business and now you start a business and you're going through some battles and now you start to declare, well, you know, my grandfather, we lost everything. My father, he lost everything. This must be God's will for me to lose everything. No, my brother, my sister. I'm here to tell you this morning, amen. You might be your father's harvest, but you're not your father's decisions. You're not your father's choices. You're not your parents' choices. Amen. God used them as a vehicle to get you onto this earth so you can fulfill your destiny. But you can't allow 
all these things to keep you down, to lie down, to stay down. To, every day you wake up, you look at all of the, is the glass half empty? Is the glass half full? I want to tell you today, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get on with your life. You've been sitting down. You've been lying down too long. I'm here to encourage and to motivate and to move somebody this morning to the place where you start to believe again, where you start to say, hey, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to accept the fact that I've been lied to so long and I believe that lie. I've accepted that lie. No, I'm here to tell you, do you want to be made well? Yes. Now get up and pick up your pallet and walk. Are you here this morning? Come on, Christian. We've got a great destiny ahead of us. You've got a great life still to live. Your voice still has to have an impact on this earth. It's not a time to become an echo in God's kingdom. It's a time to let your voice rise this morning. Get up and speak up, amen. Get up, live your life to the full. God is for you, and if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on, give me one more shout of praise all over this place this morning. So notice verse three, the Bible said it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. It's not because of his sin. God is not sin conscious. We are, humans are. God is not sin conscious. He is son conscious. For God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You have to start shifting that in your mind. This lockdown, it's been this constant bombardment of, I've said it so many times, we've waited for the president to speak. We've waited for the family meeting. We've waited for this. We've waited for that. So we wait for the next petrol price increase. Oh, I see it's coming down now next week. Praise God. So whatever it might be, now we're led by that. Now we're led by this. So the petrol price comes down, so now I can travel a bit further. When it went up, I couldn't travel any further. But I mean, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Why are we allowing the natural circumstances of this world to dictate to us? We have to walk by faith and not by sight. But, Pastor, no, 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 we're not canceling out our faith with a but. We're not billy goat Christians, butting everything out the way because we, we're not in that place of faith. We're not in that place of belief. We're standing in a place where everything, we wait for some news report, some news article. Have you heard, Pastor, they say, who are they? Who are these people that are writing these, these news articles? Whose report will you believe? Uh, I mean, have you read your Bible this last week like I asked you last week to read? Did you go and study the Scriptures this week? Did you put your nose into the Bible? Did you put your, your face into the book and not your face onto Facebook? Have you put your, your head and your heart into some Scripture verse? Have you held on to one of the promises of God? Have you started to declare those words of faith and life over your business, over your marriage, over your future? Or is everything just circumstantial? Is everything emotional? Is everything natural to you? That's why we've got a generation, like I said last week, that is an anchorless generation because they're not a generation anchored to the Word of God. We believe every woman fancy. We believe every nude wind of doctrine. We get swayed left and right. Science says this, that. I mean, <laughs> we were talking this last week just about these, this, this transgender and gender, and I see it's all these discussions and all these battles, and I'm not anti any person. If you think you're, if you're born a man and you think you're a woman, what must I say? I can't try and convince you if that's what you believe because if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Now, I'm not anti-anybody, but I'm saying sometimes we get the, the Bible says in the last days people will exchange the truth of God for a lie. So people will start to believe the lie more than they believe God because the church becomes silent. 
Now, it's not our job to come and be anti-anything and to anti and fight everything. But when is the last time you just were salt, you were salt and light into a person's life? When is the last time you just were hope to someone else at your workplace and not trying to debate with everybody all the time about how wrong they are? And so we're going to have all of these, 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 these new beliefs coming out all the time. People, people are going to believe they're something they're not because they've been taught that they've been, it's been ingrained into their heads and hearts. But we can't have a church, a Christian generation that's been raised up that has no anchor in God's Word because you can only quote and debate with somebody from a reference point of Scripture. Jesus did it. When the enemy came to him and gave him new options for his future, he came back with Scripture. If you've got no Word in you, if you've got no Scripture in you, amen, you are going to be swayed, the Bible says, like a wind. You're going to be moved like a wave tossed to and fro. You're not going to know anymore what is truth because it sounds quite logical, but it's not truth, amen, because uh, next to every parallel truth is a parallel lie. To every positive, there's a negative. To every up, there's a down. So you have to understand, what is the truth? And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So if you're not sure about something and you go and pray about it, the Holy Spirit will be the referee. He'll bring you peace in some area of your life. But until you're not anchored in God's Word, you're going to be moved around all the time by the latest news article. Or have you heard the breaking news, the latest this, it's going to move you all the time. Oh yeah, this morning. So the Bible said it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered. He said, this happened so the power of God could be seen in and through him. So God wants to demonstrate his power through your life. When you get up, what is it? People said, I didn't think that brother was going to recover from that backlash. I didn't think that sister was going to recover from that bad news or that bad circumstance. But the fact that you chose by faith to get up, the fact is the Bible says God now gets the glory. Now you start to tell people, I'm not even sure how I got up myself. But when I put my faith back in Jesus, when I put my family back in the church, when I put my faith back in the Bible, when I started to activate my prayer life again, when I started to plant myself in the local church, I started to find what? My strength recovered. And when my strength recovered, I was able to get up. Because the enemy will try and tap you, uh, all the strength out of, your, out of your mind, out of your heart, out of your soul. He wants to try and steal your faith from you. Amen. And notice the next verse. The Bible says in verse 4, then Jesus goes on to say, he says, he says, we must quickly, after he tells them the story of these blind men, he says, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the, in the world, I am the light of the world. So what is he saying? He says, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us. That's why you can't afford to sit down and mope and to feel sorry for yourself, which is a natural human tendency in all of us. All of us feel sorry for ourselves at times. All of us feel it's the, the, the future seems impossible. But Jesus says we must get busy with our, 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 our kingdom assignment. We must get busy with getting back to what God has sent us for. You're not in the place of your employment just to be in that place of employment. You are there to let the glory of God shine through your life. You are there to be salt and light. When somebody at your workplace is going through a difficult time, are you the one who will go to them and say, can I pray for you? Are you the one who will put your hand on their head when they are got sickness in their body and say, in Jesus' name, and you bring light into that place? Are you willing to do that? But you can't do that when you've got no strength because you've been lying down on the inside yourself. You've been sitting down on the inside yourself. Can you say amen this morning? So Jesus says we must get busy. 
going to those who've been knocked down and are lying down due to life's challenges. And we must go to those who've lost their vision or lost their sight for the future. And we must remind them that God hasn't written them off, that they must never write themselves off. I want to say this to you this morning, amen. Because sometimes we believe that this Christian journey should all just be smooth sailing. I mean, it's this modern gospel that we, that we preach. I don't want to criticize anybody because I am a very encouraging person. I like to encourage people in their faith. But what we must understand is that we can't see Christianity as this, this, this walk of smooth, uh, smooth sailing all of our life. We have to also teach people that in certain times of trials and tribulations, it's not even your fault very often. Why do you go through the things sometimes you go through? I mean, look at the, the Bible. The Bible tells us that Paul went through so many things. Now we have to ask ourselves the question. If Paul, the great Paul, Saint Paul, some people have, have, have put him into sainthood. If Paul, this great man of faith who wrote three quarters of the New Testament that we read, if this great man had to go through all of these trials and tribulations, where was his faith? Was he, was he sinning? Was God trying to punish him? Why did he have to go through all those trials and tribulations? Why did they have to go through all those sufferings? And yet as a modern church or a modern generation, we try to remove suffering from Christianity. We think suffering is not part of Christianity. But if it was so, then why did Paul have to suffer all these things? When Jesus called him, he said what? He said, I'm going to show you the things you must suffer for me. So sometimes when you're going through some suffering, it's not God that's punishing you. It's so that the glory of God and your faith Amen. Can activate in someone else that there's still hope in tomorrow. Because if I know this person personally, I've been with them in their journey. I would never have survived if I was in that person's shoes. They think that about you. But when you get through to the other side, your answer is not going to be, it's because I'm so great. It's because the greater one lives inside of me. And as a result of that, I got through this battle. Amen. I overcame these difficult times. And I can overmoedig Whatever you're facing today, maybe you've been suffering for the last 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. I don't know what it is. But suffering is part of our Christian journey. Suffering is part of the, uh, not uh, for, for, forever, but when you go through seasons of suffering, don't think that God is against you. Amen. This is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. The Bible says we now have this light shining in our hearts. Paul writing to the church. He says, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. So he says, the light of Christ shines in us. Our external, our natural circumstances aren't maybe lining up with a joyous ride. It's not maybe going well at the moment, or I'm not enjoying this process or this, this place or this season. feels like I'm suffering, but the Bible says there is light in you despite the darkness around you. Can you say amen? So he says, this makes it clear, listen, what the Bible says, that our great power is from God and not of ourselves, not from ourselves. So our power, our strength, our natural physical strength, yes, when you eat food, etc., etc., or you're able to build up your physical strength, that's one strength. But your inner man's strength, the strength, the light that Christ shines in us, the Bible said it's not our great power and it's not from ourselves. Verse 8, we are pressed on every side by troubles. Listen, Paul writing. He's not giving you just the prosperity gospel, which I am very pro understanding that prosperity is not money. It's a mindset. So we can't camp here. So Paul is writing and saying, although I'm pressed hard on every side and I'm going through the season, I'm not going to camp here. I'm going to come out the other side victorious. Listen to what he says. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. 
We are perplexed. Sometimes we're confused about, I don't know why this is happening. But we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You see, there's times when I've just taken a blow, man. I lost that business deal. My partner, my life partner, my wife, my husband, I heard this news. It just it knocked all the wind out of my sails. My child, my family, whatever it might be. I got news from the doctor. They just knocked the wind out of my sails. And now I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wonder why I'm going through this trial and tribulation. I'm going to sit here and wonder why God is punishing me like this. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to allow the lies of the enemy to become my lifestyle. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to lie here and I'm going to say I can't anymore. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say why? I haven't, I don't have, I don't have the strength. No, my brother, my sister, in yourself you won't have the strength, but the light of God's strength shines in you. And when you make that decision by faith, I'm sick and tired of lying here. I'm sick and tired of sitting here. I'm sick and tired of everybody getting ahead of me into the water, in my career, in my job. I'm sick and tired. And I want to say to you this morning, it's up to you with God's power to make a decision to get up and to get on with your life. Amen. You have to make a decision, husband, sir, ma'am, husband, make a decision. I'm going to get up for my family. Make a decision. I'm going to get up for my staff. Make a decision. I'm going to get up for my children. Make a decision, wife. I'm going to get up for my husband. I'm going to get up for my children. I'm going to get up for my career. I'm not going to sit here forever. I might be troubled on every side, but I'm not going to be in despair. I'm not going to lose hope this morning. Come on. I want to activate your faith in this place today. You have to get up. Now, why don't you get up on your feet this morning and give Jesus a great big shout of praise all over this place. Come on. And the rest of you will pray for your healing later. Amen. The Bible says what? Verse 10. Through suffering. Listen, through suffering. Paul is writing to the church. He says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Verse 13, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. But we continue to preach, but we continue to be salt, but we continue to be light. We continue to get up on a Sunday morning and come to church. Why? Because the first thing the enemy will say to you is, stay at home. You're an embarrassment to people. If people found out what you're going through, if people found out what you've done, they're going to mock you. They're going to ridicule you. It's better you remove yourself from society. It's better you remove yourself from the church. And I want to say to you, you need to stay in the house of God. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. That's the first thing the enemy does. He wants to silence your voice. We've been talking about that the last few weeks. Depression. It's the place where you silence now. You say nothing. Why? It's because I don't have the... the I've lost, my, I've lost my, 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 my energy to speak. I just, I'm just going to think now. I'm, I'm playing this negative, like a, like a record in my head all the time. It's like this broken record. Just, 
about you can't. You, you're unable. You are invalid. You, you're useless. You're not worthy. You can't. You're, in, uh, you're invalid. You're unable. It's like, a, it's like a broken record. And instead of saying something, we've got no faith. We've got no energy to say something. We just knock down. We're just going to lie here, and we're just going to feel sorry for ourselves. We're going we're gonna to get our wife to come kick us out of bed at 11 o'clock in the morning because I just don't want to get out of bed. I just haven't got the energy to get out of bed today. And I want to say to you, I'm not making light of the challenges you're going through. But sometimes we think that when we're going through those seasons, we think that God has abandoned us. Listen to what the Bible says. We get knocked down, but we're never abandoned by God. God never abandons us. The enemy is a thief. He's a liar. He will tell you, you are invalid. He will tell you, that mistake you made. You might have made a mistake. A big mistake, a small mistake. You might have made a, 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 done something in your life that's cost you, maybe your marriage, whatever it might be. And now you're sitting in front of that boom gate and you're believing, this is it. I'm stuck with this, this, this blockage in front of me. I can never get out of this situation. I'm going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. And I want to tell you this morning, no, you're not. You're not going to be stuck there. You're going to push that button on that little machine and you're going to speak to that person on the other side of that machine and you're going to tell that person, listen, I'm stuck here. And then God, who is there, represents that person, is going to give you wisdom. He's going to say, do this and do this and do this. And when you look again, he's going to say, is the boom gate open? He's going to say, yes, it's open. Now he's going to say, now drive out and go home because you're not meant to sit here for the rest of your life. Are you here this morning? So I don't know what mistake you've made in the last 12 months, six months, the last 24 hours. The last three hours. I don't know what your mistakes are. God knows exactly who you are. And I'm here to tell you this morning. When you suffer, when you go through some trials and tribulations, it's not because you're in this bad place. It's part of your Christian journey. Can you say amen? So the Bible says this in verse 15, in closing. He says, all of this is for your benefit. Listen. I'm sorry, let me go back to verse 14. And we know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. There he says, you're going through some trials, you're going through some tribulation, but God is going to raise you up. God is going to get you, help you to get up. He says, verse 15, all of this is for your benefit. So sometimes your suffering is for the benefit of the people around you. Doesn't make sense, does it? The Bible says God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So what do we want to do? Let's emigrate to America. Let's go, and get a, let's go and get a place in America where they say it's a peaceful state. Then we're going to buy ourselves a house next to the beach where the waves are going to lap onto our little door every day. And then we're going to walk down to the thing. Well, I'm going to change my accent and start wearing caps 45 degrees on my head. I'm going to get a bit of a swag in my step. I'm going to start watching football, basketball, and baseball that I've got no clue about. But I'm going to act American now with an accent. Because why? I'm going to flee from my struggles here. I'm going to flee from people that are different from me here. And I'm going to go and live in a place where there's going to be no troubles. And I want to tell you categorically this morning that when you get there, there will be troubles. Because you are there. Because as a man thinketh in his heart in Cape Town, so he'll think in his heart in America. Your challenges are just going to be in a different accent. That's all. Sorry, sir. The boom gate is, is stuck. That's all he's going to say to you. Yeah, he's going to go, Die ding is stuckend. Ons kom volgende week. Bloodshedding. Different struggles. Spoke to Pastor Rick last week, two weeks, three weeks ago. Tells me when he was here, ah, oh, it's crazy, we don't have load shedding in America. Then he phones me three weeks ago, he says, no, they had load shedding in church. They, couldn't have a, they were, almost couldn't have a service. And I go, oh, 
So by the way, I mean, load shedding is it's moving all around the world because every country is battling to provide power because of the growth, blah, 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 all these things. But I'm saying sometimes we think it's only us. It's only me. I mean, how many of you have made plans for load shedding? You guys, you can strike a match. You can put a candle out quicker than anybody else can. You've made plans. Some of you put solar into your houses. Why? Because we, we designed to overcome. We are born to prosper. We're not born to live this life of struggle all our life. Oh, struggles will come. Oh, suffering will come. But we will find solutions. Amen. Oh, yeah, this morning. So he says, all of this is for your benefit, Paul writes. I mean, isn't it amazing? Because when you start to recover, people are going to get, they're gonna, their faith is going to be activated. They're going to say, wow, tell us, how did you get through that season? You're going to say, well, let me tell you, my God. Let me tell you what the Bible says. And suddenly, they're going to be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Listen, as God's grace reaches more and more people through your suffering, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more glory. It's through your suffering sometimes that people are interested in your life story. Every autobiography, people that get invited around the world to be public speakers, it's because they've gone through some trial, some tribulation. Some, some form of suffering, not intentionally. Sometimes it's yours, sometimes it's not. But God will turn that negative into a positive. Amen. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? The Bible says, Paul writes to the church, verse 16, the next verse. He says, that is why we never give up. Tell your neighbor next to you, we don't give up. Tell your neighbor on the other side, say so we're not quitting. Tell your neighbor on the other side again, say it's time to get up. It's time to get up, my brother, my sister, businessman, husband, Father, mother, daughter, son, it's time to get up. Student, it's time to get up. He says, though our bodies are dying, listen, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and we will last forever and will last forever. So we don't look at the trouble we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're on the sojourn. Don't be fooled. What does it help if a man gains the whole world? Businessman. What does it help you make millions and millions and millions? What does it help you build new barns to store up the things you've built? Jesus comes and he says, fool, for tomorrow your soul will be required of you. And then your life ends on this earth and you'll give an account. You'll give an account of what you did with your faith. I want to say to you, don't ever allow the enemy to lie to you, to start to withhold all the things that you were called to do. Some of you are called to be, if you're called to giving, generosity is part of your nature. God has blessed some of you with business ventures, business ideas. God wants to raise you up so you can be a great channel of faith in His kingdom. Amen. When we were listening to Dr. Andre this last week and how they went from the start of, of Faith TV to where they are today, they started in some little school hall, moved along the way, how God has just supernaturally provided for them all the ways. I look at Pastor Art's life, how they started in Lady Brand, where the, where the vision of CRC is today. It's not how you start, amen, it's how you finish. So where you are right now, don't think it's over because you're going through some trial or some tribulation. Don't think you're, uh, God has abandoned you because you're suffering in some area of your life. I mean, are you here this morning? And then finally, he says in verse 8, and Jesus said to him, he said, get up. He said, pick up your pallet or pick up your mat and walk. And verse 9, the Bible says, and immediately the man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. I believe this morning as you stand on your feet with me all over this place, up in the balcony, here in auditorium, online. 
I believe as you stand on your feet with me this morning, God's desire is to heal your hurting and broken areas in your life. I believe this morning that God's desire for you is to recover your strength so that you can get up. Notice the Bible said, and immediately the man was healed and recovered his strength and he picked up his pallet and walked. That's what God does. He comes to you in order for you to recover your strength, to give you enough strength for today to get up. That's what the Holy Spirit's power is. That's what He does. He comes to give you strength. And I want to pray this morning for some of you in this place online. You're in this place. You're saying, Pastor, that's me. I've lost my strength in some areas of my life, and I need God to strengthen me again. I need God to come to me this morning and give me strength. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about you've got this major sin in your life, and now it's all this, that's the area, of your li- that's the area in your life. I'm speaking about just you're in this place where the storms of life have been hitting you hard for the last while. And I believe God wants to give you, in His presence this morning, He wants to give you that, 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 that boost of strength again. To say, come on, it's time to get up, Christian. It's time to believe in yourself again, because I believe in you, says Jesus. I believe in you. Do you want to be made well? Yes. Now get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And notice he makes him pick up his mat because he's going to walk a few meters and he's going to make him throw that thing into the trash can. That's not going to be your crutch any longer. That mat was part of your, 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 your identity. It's no longer. That, that mistake, it was part of your identity. No longer. It's time for you to get on with your life right now. It's time for you to forget what she's behind. You can't keep rehearsing the same hurt all your life, sitting in the same place, amen, with, with the enemy lying to you day in and day out, re, re, repeating the same process day in, day out, going nowhere, but being so frustrated. It's time for you to get up and to move forward. You can get on with your life in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.